0: Welcome to TLD Talks, where we share insights about key legal and business matters that are impacting SMEs today. Bringing together experts from a range of backgrounds, we'll be tackling the issues that matter to you. I'm Ed Simpson, founder and CEO of The Legal Director, and I'm joined on today's podcast by my business partner, Kirsty Penk. And we're going to be having a chat about the role of the general counsel and the benefits that an experienced general counsel can bring to any business. So hello, Kirsty. Hello. For the benefit of our audience, could I ask you please to introduce yourself and your role at TLD?
1: Of course. I'm Kirsty Penk, and I'm responsible for the sales and marketing function at TLD, Basically, me and my team find new clients for the client legal directors at TLD. I'm a lawyer by background and I haven't done actually any client facing work for about six years. I did my training in the city, went in house pretty much as soon as I'd qualified and worked for that business for about 10 years, finally purchasing it from the receivers and running it with four of my colleagues. I joined TLD in 2009 and was originally one of the team providing the services in terms of the legal services to our clients. And obviously what I do now is the sales and marketing function.
0: Great. Thank you, um, Kirsty. Great to have you on the podcast today. Earlier this month, you were the host of a conference about the role of the General counsel, which was organized by Women in Law, which is an organization we're very proud to support. Can you say a little bit firstly about, about Women in Law and what it does?
1: Sure. Uh, Women in Law UK is a not for profit networking organisation run by a lady called Sally Penny. Uh, She's an extremely inspiring lady barrister and an MBE. Uh, She set the business up or the organisation up very much with a mission to provide resources and events to inspire the next generation of women lawyers.
0: And thinking again about the conference, can you give listeners a flavour of what the conference was about?
1: It was something that I've been talking to Sally about for a number of years, actually. Um, COVID kind of got in the way of of a few previous plans, as you can imagine. And what we wanted to do was to give lawyers and students and people at different stages in their career an idea of what being a GC was all about, just so that they could kind of assess whether the career might be for them or if they were already a GC or already in-house, give them some tips on how they might want to climb the career ladder in an in-house career. So we looked at a number of different things in the conference. We looked at what skills you need to be a good GC. We looked at a day in the life of a GC, just to give people a bit of an idea of the breadth of the different types of career you could be involved in. And we also had a panel discussion, which looked at amongst other things, the pros and cons of being uh, an in-house lawyer.
0: So starting with an obvious question, we use the terms in-house lawyer, general counsel, legal director, pretty much interchangeably. Is that correct or is there a distinction between them?
1: There is a slight distinction. Um, I think a general counsel is very much an American term. It's used more frequently in the UK now, but it's certainly a term that came from the States. And that's really pretty much equivalent to a legal director, I'd say. All three of the different terms refer to individuals who are qualified, typically a solicitor or a barrister. Typically, they're employed by a company as opposed to a law firm. So they're effectively going to do everything legal for a business who effectively is their only client. So GC is an American term. Legal director is quite similar to that. And an in-house lawyer can be somebody at any point in their career working in-house for a company.
0: And leading on from that, is there a distinction between a lawyer that works in a traditional law firm and an in-house lawyer? And if so, what are the differences?
1: So for me, I'm a fervent believer there's a difference not only in the type of advice that you get from people in those different roles, but also in terms of the, the type of person, frankly, who, who would be delivering those different roles. So I think that the two key differences from an advice point of view is you have to be a commercial generalist. So you have to know a little bit about everything Interestingly, one of our team always describes himself as being a bit like a Swiss army knife. So uh, having a tool that fits every occasion. Um, and then the other key area, I think, is as well as being a commercial generalist, it's your ability not to sit on the fence so that you're you're employed as much by business for your commercial ability as you are your legal ability. Then, in terms of the actual sort of type of person who I think delivers the different roles, Our team did their uh, motivational map recently, which we did at our retreat a few weeks ago. And this is based on the premise that there are nine things that motivate people. And it was no surprise to us actually as a board when we looked at the team that they had really three key drivers that motivated them. One was the searcher motivation, which means that they want to make a difference for the business that they work for. Another one is friend. So they like having connections with clients and being part of the client's team as well as our team. And then spirit was the final one. So that very much is setting their own work pattern and their kind of work-life balance. So they're the key differences in terms of where I think people are better suited to an in-house role if they have those kind of motivators.
0: So you mentioned their. In-house lawyers, general counsel tend to need to be a commercial generalist and also have this ability not to sit on the fence. I like that analogy of the Swiss army knife. But on top of those, what other essential qualities would you say you would expect to see in a successful general counsel?
1: Interestingly, we did a, a word cloud as part of the exercise for the GC conference. And actually one of our speakers, a lady called Ellie Doonan, who is a general counsel and a coach and was also head of Legal ASDA for a number of years, so quite well qualified. Um, she'd asked her contacts, who were typically CEOs and business owners, to give some descriptions of words that they would use to describe what skills an in-house lawyer would use and some of them were just pragmatic, solutions driven and no sitting on the fence. They were the kind of key ones, but also having the ability to actually get the work done and roll your sleeves up and get stuck in and not to jump in and immediately say, I can't deal with that. You need to speak to somebody else and just having a go and also the need to be brave and, and deliver that advice that's not necessarily palatable to people you've been working with, um, but also be flexible in your approach. They were definitely the key areas that came out.
0: And thinking, I guess, about the, you mentioned the motivational map and the the searcher characteristics, so people looking for opportunities to make a difference. What sort of roles within a business does a good general counsel play?
1: Interestingly, one of the speakers at the general counsel conference that we had, a lady called Liz Walker, who is the general counsel at Cancer UK currently, she had a great analogy which talked about wearing multiple hats. And she actually talked this through in the context of kind of giving you a bit of a flavor for the day in the life of. And she kind of started the day and, and there might have been a compliance question on her desk. And then all of a sudden the phone might have rung and there'd be an issue around a GDPR breach. And then there could be a HR person sticks their head around the door and says, look, we've got a, an issue with this senior employee we thought was about to join is now not. What can we do? And it kind of flip-flopped between trying to kind of get down your checklist of your to-do list, but also being able to be really responsive when the business needed it. And that great analogy of swapping hats, I think was a really good visual one. Actually interestingly, another one of the speakers we had is a client of ours, a lady called Sarah Houghton who works for a business called Ascot Lloyd and she was asked to talk about the biggest pro and the biggest con of being an in-house lawyer and she said the biggest pro of being an in-house lawyer was the variety and the biggest con of being an in-house lawyer was the variety. so it's the idea that, there is a lot to do and you just have to get your sleeves rolled up and get stuck in. And frankly, some days it's great and some days it's not so great because you are getting pulled in lots of different directions, but it's the ability to deal with that calmly and flexibly that I think sets people apart.
0: Well, that was certainly my experience many years ago when I was acting as a as a GC was one of the reasons I loved it was you never quite knew what each day was going to present to you, what was going to be on your desk from one day to the next. And I think that leads quite nicely on to the next question, which is thinking about this from the perspective of the client or in the case of an employed in-house lawyer general counsel, the business that employs them. How would the differences that we've been talking about between traditional law firm approach and good general counsel approach, how would those differences manifest themselves in terms of the service and advice and the breadth of things that you've indicated that a general counsel will get involved in. How will those differences manifest themselves to the client?
1: I think a good general counsel, what a client should be expecting from them is that they they get advice from them that the business can use straight away without having to be translated. I know that was certainly a frustration for me when I was in-house instructing an external law firm. The advice that would often come back was just incomprehensible and just kind of gave a list of options rather than telling the business what they should do. So I think that's probably one of the really key points. And that comes with the, you know, being commercially minded. And, and frankly, I think GCs, certainly when they get to a certain level, are employed as much for their commercial ability as they are their legal ability. And interestingly, on on the word cloud we had done at the GC conference, nobody said that a skill a good GC needed was legal skills. So that's kind of not what the value comes from, from a GC. It's more to do with the way they deliver the advice. And I think the other key area is that the advice they deliver is based upon the business's appetite for risk and not the law firm. Because you work closely with the business, you get to understand what are the key points for them and where are the kind of red lines. And the other key area, really key, a really good general counsel can do is to basically take all the legal work off the desk of a busy CFO or FD, as they are often the ones who get dumped with everything that looks vaguely legal because nobody else in the business wants to have to deal with it, frankly.
0: And I guess legal is seen as part of risk management and risk management generally ends up with the CFO. Absolutely. So that understanding that you've been talking about of the risk profile of a particular business is critical to be able to understand that. And deal with things in an appropriate way for that business. So how would you, if you had to summarise the benefits to a business of working with with the general counsel, what would you say there?
1: So I think the key one really is is that the legal advice is tailored to your business perspective. So it's all about your business and all about how you achieve whatever it is the business wants to do. And I think having one person who handles 99% of your legal needs in a proactive way is key to that. And as I've mentioned before as well, it's freeing up the CFO and, and FD to get on with their day job.
0: So tell me, Kirsty, about TLDs, lawyers. They've all had a lot of experience in in industry themselves. They're all experienced general counsels. How do they work with with the clients that they work with?
1: So we have 42 lawyers dotted around the country. They're all, as you mentioned, all experienced in-house lawyers. So they've all got at least 10 years, in most cases, more than 15 years experience of working for a company or or multiple companies. And how it operates is they typically act for a client between two and six days a month as their part-time in-house lawyer. So clearly the benefit to the businesses, they get all the benefits of an in, in-houser, uh, but it can be, it's on a part-time or flexible basis, and it's for a fixed amount in terms of the cost each month.
0: So there's clearly a huge amount of benefit that an experienced general counsel can bring over and above just being a lawyer and, and having their legal skills, a commercial sector experience. Something I know that you hear a lot in your role as a sales director you hear a lot from prospective clients is, look, we're just not big enough, or we don't have enough legal issues to justify having a general counsel, even one provided by TLD on a part-time basis. How do you respond to that?
1: That's absolutely what we hear a lot from clients before we start to work for them. And often it is a situation that they've not actually experienced an in-house lawyer before. They're used to obviously buying a purely reactionary service from a traditional law firm. So you've got a problem, I need a lawyer, I need to phone somebody up and, and get that piece of work instructed. So what we found actually that works really well is that we operate a trial period for new clients. We found that that's the best way for them to see the value we can bring and basically for us to assess together what the correct number of days a month it should be going forward based upon their business needs.
0: Kirsty, I know you've listened to our podcast before, so you'll know that we like to end with three top tips. Today, I'm going to ask you to summarise the three key benefits to any business of working with an experienced general counsel.
1: So first of all, they get one person who will handle 99% of all their legal needs. Secondly, they'll get a commercial lawyer who will not sit on the fence with their advice. And thirdly, if you instruct a lawyer through TLD, you get those benefits, plus it's for a fixed cost each month and you have the ability to flex the service based upon your need and how things might change over time rather than an issue you might have if you employ somebody directly. So TLD gives you that extra flexibility to increase your service as and when you need it.
0: Fantastic. Thanks, Kirsty. That brings us to the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed our discussion today, you can subscribe to our monthly TLD talks covering a wide range of legal and management topics. You'll find details on our website, www.thelegaldirector.co.uk. And you can also find us on Apple, Spotify and Google. If you'd like to know more about engaging a general counsel and how that could benefit your business or the wider work of the legal director, then do please give us a call on 020. 3053 8613 or visit our website.